welcome to the R. Jackson Home Podcast. This week I'm joined by Cassandra Stevenson, but she goes by Cassie. I do. So I will do my best to refer to you by Cassie for the rest of the podcast. Um, and she is the breaking news and justice reporter for the Jackson Sun. Thanks for joining us, Cassie. Thanks for having me. So, uh, so how long have you been in Jackson now? I have been in Jackson a year on August 20th. And so a year, so there's all sorts of things you've learned about Jackson since you've been here. But let's go back to, because uh, you're not from here. No. And I'm sure people say that to you a lot. But um, I, I even get that. I've been here for 10 years now. And I've picked up a little bit more of a twang. Yeah. <laughs> um, and maybe you're like completely judging me. You're like, you, she's like, maybe you're thinking, you don't know what you sound like. But uh, but I'll, people will be like, you're not from here. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not. But <laughs> so, so tell us about uh, where you come from. I'm actually from Southern California um, in Ventura County, which is a county that's a little bit north of Los Angeles. Okay. So like big city. No, um, my hometown is actually about the same size as Jackson. Okay. But you're a hop, skip, and a throw from the big city. Or like how close Pretty were you to much. LA? Pretty um, much. Well, depending on traffic, mm. um, it could be, you know, an hour and 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we'll come back to this. But what would possess someone that is from California, beautiful, yeah. uh, great weather, to, and as we sit here right now, it is 92 degrees on September 30th. Oh, now. Um, you know, why, uh, let, let's come back to that. How'd you decide you want to be a journalist? Um, I actually kind of fell in love with journalism in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the only like decision I've ever kind of made on a whim, actually. Like I'm a very, um, I'm not a very spontaneous person. Like I like to plan things out mm-hmm. and, um, you know, try to have like a, a long-term goal, which is funny that I got into breaking news, but that's <laughs> beside the point. Um, but I actually had like one open elective in my high school class and just kind of picked, um, you know, close my eyes and, and put my finger down on the paper to pick my elective. It ended up being journalism. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved writing at the time. Um, I loved kind of the idea of storytelling and, and, you know, putting things out there for people like that. So I got involved and then I just kind of never looked back. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as I, started reporting and and kind of engaging with the community in that way like I knew that it was something that I thought was really important and that I wanted to do that's um that's great and was there anybody in your life that really helped make that decision or was it just the it was just the activity itself um I mean I I really just kind of fell in love with the activity itself Mm -hmm. I mean obviously I had a lot of you know support from teachers and and other like previous journalists and then you know my fellow student journalists all through high school and college so that definitely helped and when you and so is it at that point you're like I want to do this as a career yeah pretty much um I think I kind of decided when I started applying for colleges like you know a few years ago that journalism was just something that I knew I could do and do well Mm -hmm. um and I knew that I wanted to go into something where it felt like I was actively contributing to the community that I lived in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really feel like there's almost like no better way to like get to know somewhere like really quickly than to be a journalist in that area and mm-hmm. really immerse yourself um, and kind of help share the stories of that community with with the people that live there. So. That's that's a that's a really cool perspective. And and so where did you go to school then? I went to Pepperdine University. And, and where's that at? That's in Malibu. Okay. 
Um, so again, like Southern Another California, super LA, place, so, yes, yeah, yeah. And so they have a strong journalism program, I guess. Or? They do, yeah. And so were you on their? I guess they had a newspaper there. Yeah, right? no. Yeah. Um, my first day before I had even really moved into my dorm, I walked into the student newsroom and I said, "I want to work here. Um, what can I do?" And then I kind of just never left. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And so uh, when you graduate from Pepperdine, what's is this your first? This is my first like full-time job like outside of school. Okay. So I, I've done you know internships and things in the past, um, freelancing for other publications while I was in college. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so this is like my my first like you know nine to five journalism job. Nine, nine, to five, nine to five, which is not accurate at all. Yeah. Because um, news doesn't really operate on a nine to five schedule, no. but I mean full time, right? Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell him I said that. <laughs> and uh, and so uh, so you're in beautiful Southern California, yeah. assuming near your family and your friends and everything you've ever known, and you apply for a job in Tennessee. Yes. Um, so I actually didn't really apply for any jobs in California. Okay. Um, tell me about that because I feel like there's probably opportunity there. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Um, I didn't really want to work in Los Angeles. Um, like I didn't want to spend my, my whole life in a car basically. Um, Mm -hmm. So, and I wanted to start out doing something different as well. So I had, you know, interned in D.C. and and visited, you know, a lot of places on the East Coast. I've lived on the West Coast my whole life, essentially. Um, But I hadn't really spent much time in between. And... In flyover country? Yeah, I guess if you want to, yeah, if you want to call it that. But I just was really, you know, curious to know what life is like here and in other places. So I I didn't apply to anything in California really because I wanted something different. Mm -hmm. Like it was a very intentional choice. Mm -hmm. Um, I basically, I think Tennessee was actually like the farthest state like east that I (laughs) applied to. Yeah. Or not, I mean west. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my parents were happy that I, I didn't go like all the way to like North Carolina or South Carolina or something. Cause like by that. plane, it makes that much difference at that point. Right. Right. No, <laughs> but I mean, I did have to drive here to move here. Oh, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the 30 hour drive from, yeah. from my hometown to Jackson. Actually on my, on my bucket list of things I'd like to do is go coast to coast. Yeah, no, I think it would be really fun. I don't recommend doing it in three days if you like actually want to enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to get here though. So. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, let's take a pit stop to the DC thing. So, yeah. who did you intern for in DC? Um, it was a like small news group that mainly targeted like lawmakers and technology companies. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's called Scoop News Group. They mostly focus on like cybersecurity, um, different technologies that are kind of on the cutting edge and like mm-hmm. state governments and education and things like that. And of course the federal government. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did some, some tech reporting out there for really cool. a little bit. DC is, um, uh, we went to DC last summer and I feel like it's an intoxicating city. Yes. Like, uh, I was, I've worked with some election campaigns here and Mm -hmm. I was really tired of it. And then I went to DC and then I was like, oh, I get it again. 
Yeah, kind of like energizing and yeah. yeah. And it's just so majestic. Yeah, no, um, I, I loved it. Um, I, you know, there's always something to do, museums, mm-hmm. Smithsonian, you know, it's yeah. just a fun place to be. So you wanted something different, so you ended up in Jackson, Tennessee, of I all did. places. Yeah. Uh, so when you think about the differences between um, California and, and Jackson, you know, what 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 were those things that you were looking for, or what have you found to be the differences? Yeah, so, I mean, when I first, like, moved here and I was telling people that I, you know, just moved from California, they were like, oh, it must have been, like, such a big culture shock for you. Yeah, no, it wasn't really that much of a culture shock like like people kept saying that it was going mm-hmm. to be. Um, one of the most positive um, kind of differences that I noticed was that people were just, like, really overtly friendly, mm-hmm. um, which isn't to say, like, you know, California is a very friendly place. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just, you know, different to have, like, people I had, like, never met before be like so willing to go out of their way to help me um you know and and just like moving in or getting used to things and and that sort of sort of thing so that was really nice um I mean obviously like there's a lot of differences just in you know like demographic and um like political view I it's you know Mm -hmm. it's a lot different from you know Southern California on the coast, generally yeah. speaking, to West Tennessee. Yeah. But I it, like all of these like differences have just been really interesting to me, mm-hmm. um, and I've enjoyed kind of finding them mm-hmm. along the way as well. Was breaking news and justice your first kind of area that you wanted to focus on? Um, I chose to do something in, in breaking news and, and justice because I think it's kind of like jumping into the the like the fire of journalism you know Mm -hmm. um like I felt like it's a very demanding beat um just in a lot of ways I mean breaking news is you know obviously like demanding on your time like when I said nine to five earlier like it is not a nine to five job at all Mm -hmm. like I've had to like you know cancel plans like last minute you know Mm -hmm. drive um an hour away to do something. I mean, when we had, um, Curtis Watson and Henning, for example, mm-hmm. like I was like, Oh, on, you know, spur of the moment, I'm getting up at, you know, three thirty AM to go drive out there yeah. to get there. Um, so it's, it's really challenging. And I wanted that kind of challenge, um, especially in like the beginning of my like professional career, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I also think that this be affords a lot of opportunity to like really make a difference, um, which is true of, of pretty much every beat in journalism, especially mm-hmm. local journalism, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought like it was well suited for, for me to make a difference yeah. here. So did you have any special training to cover justice? Cause it's, it's, a, yeah. it's, a. You know, it's a different than, maybe like, I guess sports. You have people who are sports fans, you know, and, like, right, yeah. there, there's some inclusion in that environment. Justice is, like, uh, and the more I have dealt with lawyers, like, it's its own its own little world, you know. It is. Um, yeah, I've, I've basically, I had some in college, mm-hmm. but there's, you know, learning something in college. And, you know, I did do a little bit of coverage of that mm-hmm. um, there as well. 
but you know being fully immersed in that beat completely is an entirely different animal um so I've learned a lot um I mean, luckily, like I've always really enjoyed learning. I think that that's why I am a journalist because you kind of just get to be like a student of everything forever. Um, And that's really fulfilling for me. Um, So I've definitely learned a lot about, you know, the justice system um, and how things work in in different Mm -hmm. counties and different areas too. Like Mm -hmm. reporting in California is completely different. They have different laws in Tennessee. Um, and different structures and and things of local government and how, you know, police and and sheriffs interact and and things like that. So a lot of it has been, you know, learning on the job, like, especially early on. Um, I feel like now I definitely have a a good grasp of how things work here, but yeah, I did a lot of, um, I did a lot of reading and (laughs) a lot of research to kind of kick that off before I started. I imagine you come across some very difficult things in ways that maybe other beats don't and so you know if you have to go cover a a murder or something I mean worse than that like um have you have you figured out how to deal with that um it definitely is difficult especially you know talking to families after you know something really devastating has happened to them or to one of their loved ones um I've kind of just learned to like understand that everyone, you know, processes their grief in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people that are usually, you know, willing to talk with me, um, they want to get their loved one's story out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to think of it as, you know, I'm doing, you know, good for the community and trying to share like, you know, the life of this person or, you know, what is happening in their community. I think that, you know, everyone should have access to that information because mm-hmm. um, this is where you live, you know. Um, but it's also sometimes really helpful for the families to be able to kind of share that story in a way that is like physical. So they're going to have, you know, this story and it's going to be around forever, even though their loved one is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found that, you know, thinking of things that way kind of helps me through some of the more difficult stories. Because there are a lot um, that I've covered even just in a year here. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of tragic things have happened. So yeah. um, when you think about the the role that journalism has paid, played in the past and as it moves to the future, um, you know, what, what's your perspective on the, the future of journalism? I think that it's going to survive. Um, you know, I get that, that kind of question a lot, you know, like the, the idea that the newspaper industry is dying and, and things like that. But I think that if our society really has like any chance of living it has to be you know with journalism like there's a there's a reason it's you know the fourth estate like Mm -hmm. especially local journalism Mm -hmm. because you know local journalists look at things and put time into you know analyzing like broader trends and things that no one else really has time to do Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know some of those things maybe there's government you know offices that are supposed to do the same thing but journalists kind of act as a check for those as well. So I think that 
I mean, just out of like sheer importance, like journalism has to mm-hmm. stick around and I hope that it thrives. I, I really hope that people see the value mm-hmm. in local journalism um, and especially local newspapers. I mean, I know that it's, it might come across as a little bit self-serving for me to, you know, say like local newspapers are really important. Um, but that's kind of, you know, the basis for a lot of reporting. I mean, it's, it's the local newspapers that, you know, do like what Adam does and, and kind of delves into, you know, past budgets and kind of sees those patterns overall and where we can make things better Mm -hmm. so that we can make better decisions in the future. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's going to be those newspaper journalists that are really digging into those big, like, meaty projects that just take too much time for anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's in all areas, you know, education, justice as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it's it's just really important, and I hope that people realize that. Yeah. I, I would agree. There was a, uh, someone who said, I can't remember who said this now, uh, is the best time to be a corrupt politician will be in 10 years as yeah as local newspapers continue to decline yeah i mean that's yeah you get things like you know it happened in the city of bell in california you know it's it's an example that they use in in journalism school all the time but basically like the um the local government there was was kind of padding their own pockets with uh-huh. money and and there were no checks because you know all the people that were supposed to be checking each other mm-hmm. were all in on it together so yeah. it takes you know someone from the outside looking in to say hey what's going on here mm-hmm. and i mean even in cases where it's not you know malicious like that like it i think that local governments and like you know communities can really use that outside perspective sometimes Mm -hmm. just to kind of zoom back and say like okay wait you know what is really the impact of this or how can we be doing things better and perspective is such a valuable thing i feel like um, i teach high school sunday school and one of the things that high schoolers lack is perspective yeah um you know you, you that said you can't think past Friday night. Um, and <laughs> well, the, their brain isn't like fully developed in mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. Yeah. And as, as they get older, they get perspective, which allows them to make better decisions. Mm-hmm. And I think, and uh, you know, that's an interesting angle. I think that journalism provides, can provide some more perspective that right. maybe some of the people aren't, aren't seeing at the time. Well, and it's also, you know, a question of, of time, like, you know, the average person doesn't have a free afternoon or two to go sit in federal court for, you know, eight hours, which I've done before for a story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the average person isn't going to spend a lot of time researching how the whole like crime and court system works mm-hmm. in order to understand it better and to be able to explain it to people in, you know, common terms that are more easy to understand. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's that piece as well. Like it's, you know, I'm, I'm doing this so that you don't have to, Mm -hmm. but you can still have access to that information. Should you want it Mm -hmm. that will inform you about your community and what's going on here. Yeah. And sometimes very important things. Yeah. Um, well, and so let's maybe segue into some of your favorite stories that you've gotten to do since you've been Sure. Okay. Goodness. Um, so my favorite stories actually tend to be like the longer term stories. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, that I have to do like a lot of groundwork for Mm -hmm. a lot of, um, 
like shoe leather journalism, they like to call it, or, you know, um, the cases where I'm like swimming in documents for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, just cause I think it's like, it's really fun to like take all of that stuff and kind of distill it into like a story that mm-hmm. people can like access and, you know, relate to maybe, or, um, be like interested in. So a couple of my favorite stories, I think there was, there was one that I wrote a few months ago about a, a murder that actually happened in Brownsville in 1986. Um, and it was kind of looking at what happened there, but the, um, man that was accused and and convicted of this, he ended up, um, like submitting a, a plea deal, um, he actually got out on parole a few months ago. Mm. Um, and the Innocence Project was working with him to try to get DNA testing of the evidence because... And talk about what the Innocence Project sure. is. Sure. Yeah, the Innocence Project, they basically try to um, overturn wrongful convictions. So they obviously, you know, believed that, you know, maybe his case was a good case, um to do DNA testing just to prove like whether or not he actually committed the crime. And it was just a really interesting piece because I, I got to speak with the the woman who was killed. I spoke with her daughter who was two at the time of her death. Mm. Um, and she actually was, you know, I mean, understanding her feelings about, you know, whether or not he did it. I mean, she, she did believe that he was, you know, convicted rightfully, basically. Mm -hmm. But she was also, like, supportive of what the Innocence Project does. And her kind of perspective was that, you know, if, you know, they want to to get this DNA tested, like, just so we know for sure, then I have no problems with that. Like, I would want to know for sure Mm -hmm. either way. So it was just kind of really interesting, um, you know, going back to the whole, like, justice part of my beat to look at that question, you know, like obviously all of the people in that story want some kind of justice. Um, whether or not they agree on what that is, is, you know, a different thing, but Mm -hmm. kind of just being able to delve into, you know, things that happened in the eighties and how, you know, modern technology and, and perspectives are kind of changing how we deal with that was really interesting. And just real quickly, uh, in you had said that you're on the justice beat. Yes. It's not the crime beat. Yes. So it's a little bit of a, like, there's a reason behind that terminology shift, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that, you know, comes from corporate, of course. Mm-hmm. But um, I I think it's a good way to kind of sum up what it is that I'm doing. Because I do cover crime. I mean, you know, if there's a shooting in Jackson or whatever, like, you'll see a story mm-hmm. from me on it. Um but I also kind of, you know, whenever I can try to take a step back and kind of look at these broader trends in, in the justice system and how our system is functioning, especially here in Jackson and mm-hmm. in, you know, West Tennessee, the areas that we cover. So justice kind of encompasses more than just the, uh, the initial crime. Mm-hmm. Now, while we were prepping for the show, you told me that you read the Facebook comments. I do. And that seems like an incredibly dangerous thing. It to is. Do. Yeah. So tell me about the why. You said you had a reason why. Yeah. Um, Cause I, I can barely stand to read the Facebook comments <laughs> and I don't yeah. write the stories. 
Yeah. Um, and no, some of them are really terrible. Um, <laughs> like really terrible. Uh, and a lot of, you know, a lot of people tell me and like fellow journalists as well. They're like, why do you do that? Like that you shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. Um, and yeah, like it's probably not like the best thing to do for like, I don't know, sanity, but, um, I do read them because I am really interested in knowing how the community is responding to my work. Mm -hmm. Um, and if anybody ever has like a legitimate question, like I do try to go in and answer those, Mm -hmm. um, or I will look at that for, you know, future reporting. Um, so yeah, like I really, I do, you know, care about what you want to know. Um, I do care about, you know, whether or not things are clear and stuff like that. Um, a lot of it is, is wading through all of the really terrible, um, comments that, that people post. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's like, it's just, it's really important to me, Mm -hmm. um, that I have that kind of feel for the community though. Mm-hmm. And that's why I do it, even though, you know, people tell me not to. Yeah. <laughs> have you been called fake news yet? Oh gosh. Um, like jokingly sometimes in interviews, people will do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have had to have like conversations in which like before I actually get into the interview, I have to convince someone that I'm like not an evil person, which is interesting. That's a hard place to start from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I just try to be, like, honest, you know? Like, I'm not, you know, like, I've, I've moved all the way here yeah. to do this job for you. Mm-hmm. And I do really care about, you know, the Jackson community. Like, mm-hmm. I I want to do my best to serve this community well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just try to be really honest about that. And, you know, hopefully they realize that I'm I'm a human being that's just really trying to help. Like, I think that, like, maybe people need to realize, like, journalists, like, they want to see the community thrive and succeed. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I'm not, my goal is never to, like, rip anything down or whatever. My my goal is to share information, make that available, and point out things that, you know, maybe other people might not know Mm -hmm. that they should or need to or things that could, you know, spark positive change. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm of the mindset that I've got friends who will say that you should only talk about the positive things. And I think that if you really love a place, like I love Jackson and if I want it to be the best Jackson it can be, I need to be able to know and address its flaws. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I get the same thing, you know, people are like, well, you need more, um, positive news. And that, that happens, especially like, when we have particularly bad like news weeks like we did, you know, last week or, yeah, you know, that past weekend, mm-hmm. it, we had a lot of really tragic stories coming out of that. Um, you, you kind of just need to understand that the reality of the situation, like where you live, isn't always going to be positive. And we do try to, you know, cover that as well. Like I, I for myself even, like I try to throw in a couple positive stories that I get to work on, you know, in the midst of all of the, you know, crime and courts and and things like that, because it does, you know, get kind of sad. But um, I, I think that's just, you know, a good 
maybe news tip in, in general for consumption is just, you know, don't shy away from the stuff that, you know, seems like depressing or, or negative, if you want to call it that. Um, but like maybe do seek out some of those good stories too, because we do write them. Yeah. They're just not as popular. Yeah. Unfortunately. So let's talk about Cassie as a person. We're mm-hmm. talking about Cassie as a journalist. So yeah. what, what should we know about Cassie as a person? Oh my goodness. Um, I also love to like bake in my spare time. Okay. Yeah. So I've done that like forever. Um, so my coworkers, like today I brought in cupcakes just to, nice. I felt like baking them. Um, let's see. When I moved here, I adopted a cat. <laughs> so that's been fun. Yeah. Um, in my spare time, I also dabble a little bit in art. Okay. What kind of art do you do? Um, painting. Okay. Yeah. So watercolor, acrylic, stuff like that. Very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like what else, what else do you want to know about uh, me? Those I are don't, all good things. I don't have a lot of free time, like, <laughs> yeah. as you might be able to imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like I said, things get interrupted yeah. a lot. Pretty Which frequently. would be hard for baking. Yeah. Luckily, like it's never happened. I'm sure it will now just because I'm saying this and I'm going to jinx it, but it's never happened that I've like had something like actually in the oven, like mid bake and had to drop everything for a news story. I've definitely had to like shut off the oven, like when it was preheating to go drive out to something, but yeah. So, well, Cassie, if people are wanting to keep up with you and your work at the Jackson sun, how should they do that? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. It's C Stevenson seven three one. Stevenson is spelled with a P H. Um, yeah, or just follow the Jackson Sun Facebook page. Okay. Well, Cassie, thank you so much for uh, truly choosing to call Jackson home and helping to make it a better place. Thanks for having me. Today's podcast was hosted by Kevin Adelsberger. Our intro music was performed by Aaron Harden. It was recorded live at the Co. To find out more about the Co, visit their website at www.attheco.com to find out more about our Jackson home and to read more about how amazing Jackson is visit ourjacksonhome.com